Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mercedes are back in the game, or is this Miami version 2? We'll find out. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Joined for our Friday night look of Barcelona free practice by our technical editor, Jake Boxall-Leg, and you've been doing live today, so you must be well and truly... Uh, on top of everything that's happened today. How's Friday gone uh, for It's you? been a long one. Um, for some reason, all of the sessions are so much further back now. I think. Well, I assume it's because of the changed media schedule, but this is like the first, I guess, proper time we've seen it because we've had races in weird time zones at the start of the season. I guess we had it a bit in Imola, but that was a sprint race weekend. And so we get to what is probably the most average middle-of-the-road race weekend of the season. <laughs> and suddenly we've got FP1 at 1 o'clock and it's like, what we're we going to do this morning um but uh, you know it's been it's been very very interesting had a new a few new faces in fp1 this morning lots of new upgrades as well so there's a bit there's a, a lot to talk about yeah nice to see uh, nick de Vries on track earlier today as well a free practice one ended with the ferraris on top uh one and two charles leclerc and carlos Sainz in that order uh we saw vips on track as well and uh robert kubica 
Uh, also, so good to see him in the Alfa Romeo. Anything notable that you want to talk about from FP1? Uh, it was very, very interesting. Obviously, um, you know, it was kind of, kind of like his sort of early days, FP1. Everybody's trying out their upgrades just to see what works and what doesn't. Um, with regards to the three, uh, I guess two of them new faces and one of them an old hand that we're, uh, we're very, very used to seeing now in FP1 sessions. Um, Yuri Vips was doing kind of tyre running and tyre programmes for, for Red Bull, so he didn't really set a representative time. And so he was P20. So, you know, I'm sure there are some people that are on their keyboards right now going, you know, who are who on earth are these Red Bull development drivers? But the truth is, yeah... Um, Red Bull was actually very, very happy with the work that he did. I think from a, an objective standpoint as well, when you're in title race, this new F1 regulation of having young drivers in for, for two practice sessions a year, that's kind of something that Red Bull doesn't really want to deal with. So rather than give him soft tyres and potentially risk him just clouting it into the barrier, um, it just made more sense to for, for him to just do some some tyre logging. And then, of course, yeah, we saw uh, Nick de Vries in the, the Williams. Um, fresh away from uh, Berlin, he had a chance on Tuesday to do an in- a post-race interview with some of us. And then uh, it was straight off to, uh, to, to, to Spain and uh, get acquainted with, uh, you know, what was effectively a new team for him. So uh, he acquitted himself well and was mm. uh, quicker than Nicholas Latifi. Um, so that was uh, an interesting footnote in the session. Uh, and then, of course, Charles Leclerc led that session. Max Verstappen could have potentially gone a little bit quicker, but uh, it was a Ferrari 1-2 in that session. FP2, where they stick the soft tyres on, and although the engine modes are turned way, way down, we can start to read a little bit into the form this weekend. And that's why we've got you on uh, tonight, because you have an eye for all the things that have turned up in Barcelona. So Charles Leclerc once again leading the way with the 119.670, but behind him, uh, just over a tenth, uh, and just over two tenths behind were Russell and Hamilton in the Mercedes, of course, who topped for uh, Miami uh, Friday. So I don't want to read too much into this, but there is a lot of upgrades that Mercedes have bought. But the key is getting on top of the bouncing, which you know was physically painful for the drivers, but also um, something that they have taken longer than say Ferrari who were yeah Ferrari have been suffering from this bouncing but seem to be able to in the braking zones mechanically re-engage those Ferraris so that the performance although it was probably uncomfortable it didn't look great in the Ferraris it didn't harm their performance the way it was harming Mercedes can you just tell us in your opinion how this is uh, going to catch it's not designed to trip anyone up because like i say they top Miami but in your opinion the upgrades they've bought to Barcelona, what are they doing? What are they trying to solve? And is the pace as genuine as it seems? Well, first and foremost, I think the problem with the bouncing that Mercedes seems to have and Ferrari doesn't is that it's not knocking the Ferrari driver's confidence and they can get whatever they need to get reattached, reattached, ready for the braking zone. And so they've got this downforce uh, going into the corner and they've got it on the exit. Mercedes seems to have this horrible issue where it does bounce and therefore they're having to get right off the throttle because the drivers just aren't confident enough going into the corners um and so and that does seem to be an issue with its erstwhile floor and they do have a new one for spain um and it seems to have helped quite a lot um you know we've just literally just now gone through all of the post uh race interviews with uh with drivers um 
And both the drivers seemed a lot happier. George Russell was obviously a little bit, you know, cautious because he, as you say, he had topped Miami um, and it didn't go quite so well in qualifying. But Lewis Hamilton did seem noticeably happier than he has done at any stage this season. You know, he noted that there's still a long way to go for Mercedes to uh, get on top of it and start digging more performance out of the car but it seems that the team is genuinely on the right step now um and and again it's a situation where we'll see in qualifying and maybe things change and maybe things don't but um it just seems to be rid of some of the the more heinous bouncing that the the w13 seems to have uh, and that's such a crucial thing for both the drivers because when they do turn into turn one, it's a very, very difficult corner. It's downhill. You're approaching it at, at great speeds and it's a very, very difficult corner to get right. Um, the drivers need that confidence and they need that downforce to get the car stopped and thread it through that corner. And they seem to have that now. Whether they have the confidence... Uh, on throttle, um, that still sort of leaves a little bit to be desired, but the car does seem in a much better place than it has been in the opening five races of the season. Uh, and as I said, yeah, Lewis Hamilton's looking uh, a lot more comfortable than he has done uh, earlier this year. Yeah, we came out of testing and we, we sort of, we were the language we were using, but you know, what is this one thing that Mercedes needed to fix? And I think within, you know, within a day, it became very obvious. It's not one thing. It wasn't. Uh, just oh if you simply change this one piece on the car it's going to be a magic bullet how how will mercedes have been approaching this in terms of upgrading their package because the last well between miami and now the conversation has been around is this concept right and at what point do you draw a line underneath the mercedes concept of this side pod design and it's not just about the side but it's not about one single thing so in terms of what they bring together, what will they have been working on that we can see and maybe even some of the things that we can't see on TV? A lot of it is going to be, and it's very, very boring because it's not this sort of big showy, uh, <laughs> as you say, silver bullet that immediately goes on the car and go, oh, this is so much better. It starts with a lot of late nights simulating things and trying to work out how they can replicate this effect because the huge part of the W13 that has proved most elusive for Mercedes is replicating that effect on the wind tunnel. And it's not something that they saw until they went testing in Barcelona and they're like, oh, this car bounces a hell of a lot. And it really caught them by surprise. And so it's about going home, trying to recreate those conditions and saying, okay, this is definitively what is happening. We're making this car bounce now. Now, how do we make it stop? And it, as you say, is a lot of things. And it can be particularly with regards to the ground effect, the floor aerodynamics, but then that can be there can be mitigating factors on top of the car and how the front wing works, the airflow, and it can be all of these different things. And it's one by one, forensically, putting this piece of the puzzle together. And then once they've done that and they've worked out the cause and they've worked out, you know, who done it, um, it would be a mystery that Miss Marple would struggle to solve, to be honest with you. Um, they can start coming up with a cure for it and it seems that again they're on the the right track to do so uh it's still a lot of work to do obviously um because they've stopped the bouncing for a, a bit for now now because they've been focusing so much on that it's about getting the performance out of the car 
without then you know turning up a, a, another race and they've got all of these performance bits and they go oh this can give us half a second we can catch up to rebel and ferrari and then find out that it's bouncing over and over again the drivers don't have the confidence to to use what they have so uh it, it's still early days i think it would be fair to say okay let's talk a little bit about the the other big big tech story of Barcelona, and that has been Aston Martin showing up with almost a B-spec car. The FIA have cleared them over the Red Bull car design similarities, uh, just so we know how uh, how FP2 turned out, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, one, two, three today. Carlos Sainz in the second Ferrari. Max Verstappen in the Red Bull was fifth. Uh, he was three-tenths off, but like I say, engine modes turned way, way down for Ferrari and Red Bull today. Uh, the Alpina, Fernando Alonso in sixth, and then uh, Sergio Perez in seventh. The first Aston Martin, uh, Sebastian Vettel, was eighth fastest. So, uh, the green Red Bull, right? So, FIA have cleared them uh, after an investigation into the similarities between their updated Formula One car and Red Bull's updated so this is not the original red bull design this is the design that we the that we saw more recently on the red bull um uh after fp2 uh we saw uh on sky sports they were talking to christian horner surprise surprise he turned up on sky who would have thought uh and he was saying look the fia alerted him to this uh, even before, because they hadn't seen the Aston Martin car, when they said, can we have a list of people who have left Red Bull to go to different teams? So I got the feeling that at the time, earlier in the week, he didn't know what car the FA were talking about. And then it became clear they were talking about the staff that had left Red Bull to go to Aston Martin. As he said on Sky Sports in the interview, you can't stop people having things in their head. You can't stop knowledge being transferred. But there is a difference between that and an update which only appeared on the Red Bull more recently, and the Aston Martin said they'd been working on, you know, since, well, for months, right? So can you tell us more about how the cars are similar? And the FI have cleared them, by the way. No, at the minute, no suggestion of wrongdoing by Aston Martin or any individual. So how are we in this situation? What is okay, similar? Okay, so first and foremost, I guess, yeah, let's start with the physical manifestation of this Fury, if that you like. Um, so it was in the Bahrain test, partway through, that uh, Red Bull turned up with uh, a slightly revised sidepod concept. It had already turned up in Barcelona with uh, a very, very sort of deep undercut into the front of the sidepods. And then in Bahrain, they sort of added a little, I guess, a crease down it, would be fair to say, around the sort of midsection. And all of the kind yep. of you know, development and design and the shape of it is very, very clearly posting the airflow over to the top of the the diffuser. Uh, And if you look at the kind of trailing edge of the side pod, you can see that it just ramps down and moves the air there. Now, Aston Martin began the season with a very different side pod concept. It had a very sort of pronounced undercut all the way around, and that's how they were getting the airflow into that region. So what you kind of have over the top is it's a little bit more ambiguous. And so there was a sort of clear, concerted effort to do something more like Rebel, let's say. Um, because if you look at the side pods of the old uh, the old Aston Martin spec, um, 
the airflow passing over the top, you kind of don't really know where it goes. I don't have a wind tunnel in my head. Uh, and it's kind of hard to, to explain. But <laughs> you can probably see that the effect probably wasn't what Aston Martin wanted. Now, before the season started, they said that the, the car in the wind tunnel was very, very different to what they already had uh, put out during testing. And so that was kind of a precursor to we've got bits coming and the car's going to look very, very different. Um, but now we have seen the fruits of that labour and uh, it does look incredibly similar indeed. Um, the, the the midsection crease looks very similar. The undercut looks very similar. The uh, location of where the airflow is um, being placed, that looks incredibly similar as well. Um, how do you again, then get into that situation? Well, there is a very non-zero possibility that they just came up with the same idea. Um, <laughs> and... You know, of course. Yeah, no, of course. There's like a new set of regulations this year and there's broadly three concepts on the grid and they all came up with their own ideas. Now, but also people move between teams. High profile, well, not high profile because really only the the, 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 the team principals are, are, are on the sort of TV and, and have the profile, but very uh, kind of high ranking aerodynamicists move between teams. There's periods of gardening leave. You can't stop people taking ideas with them. They could have, genuinely done that there's also been the suggestion that they've copied red bull from photographs now uh that can happen right can you can you you know more about this than i do can you genuinely have a series of photographs i guess from all angles and in some way 3d 4d model them into copying um well because we at Autosport have some very fantastic 3D artists, uh, Matt Fiveash being one of them, who regularly does this, uh, copies the, <laughs> the uh, photographs of Formula One cars and makes excellent cars out of them in our videos. So it's, it's very, very feasible. Um, and it's something that teams have been doing for years. They do employ photographers. They'll go out onto the track with a brief and say, can you get a, a shot of this diffuser or a shot of this, that kind of thing. And you can kind of build it into your car model and you know you can you even if it only goes as far as cfd testing you can still theoretically mock up the model in cad stick it on the car and see basically how it does and if it looks good then you might make a physical model and try out in the wind tunnel um that's just kind of the process and we were going to see this kind of iteration and convergence anyway with these new rules you know you look at a team and think oh they've got clearly the best car so we're going to take a few leaves out of their book but that's where the mud waters are muddied a little bit because we have kind of two different strands. Number one being what you've mentioned with designers going to different teams. And one of those going from Red Bull to Aston Martin is uh, the aerodynamicist Dan Fallows, who is a very high-ranking aerodynamicist in Red Bull. Uh, and he's recently joined the team after serving a period of gardening leave. Whether he had that knowledge from Red Bull and has now taken it to Aston Martin, I don't know. Um, I'm not, I think Christian Horner or somebody said that, no, it was uh, Mike Crack actually on uh, Aston Martin Chief on, on Sky said that, you know, he'd only been there for about a month. But, you know, that's uh, officially starting work. You know, maybe he was uh, be able to, able to kind of consult on the design and that kind of thing. I don't know. Um, but also, I think we're looking at Aston Martin a little bit more with a, we're putting them under a microscope a little bit more because the team back in its racing point days has previous of this um when it turned up at which they got which they got a points yes. deduction for uh and they got in trouble for so 
this is why there's so much attention on them. And though, so since since then, there are now FIA rules around reverse engineering. But that's that's not taking a photo of a car. That is having a a movement of knowledge and uh, knowing how one team does it and work. So it. It seems like a really difficult area, but that's what the FIA have to do as their job. Yes, certainly. It's a, it's so. a matter of intellectual property. Uh, and in that case, you know, they'd copied the Mercedes brakes because they had them. And then the rule was changed to say that um, rear brakes were, were no longer a transferable part and they had to be a listed part. And Re- uh, Racing Point were like, well, we'll just kind of copy this design. And, and that's how that whole... The, because they can't yeah. unlearn it. They can't unlearn a, a design. That, oh, this is better than our one, so we'll use exactly. this Exactly. Um, and then you kind of wonder how that kind of applies to an aerodynamic part. I mean, it's basically a bit of carbon fibre. Maybe you could reverse engineer it that way. But that in that case, that would lie in reverse engineering a, uh, a CAD surface model, for example. And if that's the allegation mm. that Red Bull is going with, uh, they're not at this stage. I should sh- just stress that. They're currently... No, absolutely uh, not. You know, investigating that kind of thing. But um, if there is a situation where they can work out uh, if designs have been transferred and have been downloaded and taken to a, a different team, then that's when you would have grounds to, to, to say that. And then that is theft of intellectual property, which has happened in Formula 1 before. And it came with more than just a little points deduction, uh, citing uh, McLaren in 2007. So, um, <laughs> but, but this is, and of course, with software now, you can tell who accessed it at what time on their work computer, even if copies were, you know, files were moved. This is not taking it down to your local, <laughs> local photocopier uh, and getting in, uh, you know, getting in trouble again. So things have moved on since then. Uh, but hey, we, we should probably move on. I want to cover off McLaren because they turned up uh, with uh, a load of upgrades, but didn't get any attention today because Lando clouted the floor that had to be taken off under, as you mentioned at the beginning of this show, deep secrecy. Uh, you know that that floor came off the McLaren. It's uh, you know immediately covered up and it's in its own little blanket because that's like that's the secret source, right? So, uh, but new front wing, um, front suspension, brake ducts are a big one, floor side pods. Louvres, rear wing changes, rear wing brake duct winglets, side pod strakes and diffuser update as well. I presume a big one for McLaren, though, is going to be that front brake duct and, and sorting out those overheating problems. But overall, with McLaren, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think we've we've not really seen enough from them today to, in performance terms, make a, make a judgment at the moment. Um, it does seem like a lot of new parts, and I think that's a legacy of these new regulations in that because there is the cost cap and because teams spent a bit of time trying to understand how the new cars work, um, it is very, very different how teams and design offices have to play the game um, because they have less resources to work with. They have to save updates and sort of, you know, corral them all into one group and use them at once, I guess. You know, they can't be bringing little bits and pieces. But as you say, it's too early to, well, as I said, it's too early to say the the front brake ducts will be very, very important because after the troubles they had in Bahrain testing, um, they did bring a sort of hot fix to them and it's like kind of did the job. Um, it's just about making sure that, you know, when we come to a circuit like uh, Barcelona, where it's very, very hot, 
um, you know, they just have a little bit more latitude to play with in terms of cooling. Um, you know, Mercedes, uh, McLaren, sorry, have had sort of it, it's been a decent season so far, but they've not been where they have been in the last couple of seasons and and been leading the midfield. They've been sort of very much in the battle with Alpha Tauri and Alpine, and these upgrades just seem to be an attempt to try and clear that gap a little bit and and get on terms with what they're citing is Alfa Romeo and Haas I think is what Lando Norris said last uh, last time but you know the midfield's so dynamic that you know it, it does change but they where they crucially want to be is fighting with Mercedes and that's kind of what they need to aim for Absolutely right. A quick rundown. There may be nothing of, of note on any of these teams. Alpine, anything to talk about? Uh, they had a new front wing, a uh, few new bits and pieces. Um, you know, Alpine is Alpine is always a real curate's egg because you kind of don't really know where they are, and they seem to be in the same position every year of this kind of no man's land, if you like. Um, Fernando Alonso looked good uh, in in practice. Um, after he'd got in the way of Lewis Hamilton and FP1. But um, yeah, the, the car seems to be very, very solid and very, very stable. Um, new bits and pieces here and there. So they're looking in good shape. Ferrari had some uh, filming day time and one shot was captured by a photographer uh, and not a greatly detailed one, actually. Uh, it was either this week or last week. I forget when I saw it, but any, what of note of uh, Ferrari? New floor. Um, they've also been playing yep. with a new rear wing as well because um, one of the things they want to try and do is capture the, the straight line speed that the Red Bull has. Um, I think that's probably where one of its key weaknesses, it has a lot of speed in the in the corners, but on the straights, it's just a sitting duck and, you know, that's where the DRS zone is and that's where you pass. So... Um, it's been a sort of real bugbear for the Charles Leclerc in the last couple of races because Verstappen's just been able to kind of cruise by and cruise off into the sunset. Um, so Ferrari has been throwing bits and pieces here and there, um, and it's kind of brought the same level of parts to Barcelona as Red Bull has. So um, it'd be interesting to see which car steals the march. At the moment, you'd have to say Ferrari's probably looking a little bit better, but that can all change tomorrow. That's probably the difference between somewhere like Saudi Arabia and Miami in that once Max had made the pass in Miami, I, I was never like, oh, OK, so, you know, what's what's the comeback going to be? You know, within a within a few corners, he'd broken DRS and that Red Bull was just out of there and, and the Ferrari just had no response in a straight line. Uh, straight line speed today, although only FP2, we don't know engine modes, but Mercedes faster than Red Bull in terms of uh uh, the VMAX, I think, uh, or at least through the speed traps. Uh, let's have a chat about uh, Haas, who had a great start to the season on genuine pace because, you know, Mercedes had done okay in the points, actually. So McLaren had some good results, but only because teams and drivers ahead of them uh, have had an unreliability or not finished. Whereas Haas, I think, have had some genuine, genuine pace this year. What have they brought to Barcelona? Brought- Absolutely nothing. Uh, they're they're saving hey, they're saving all of their bits and pieces <laughs> for for France. Um, Good Steiner spoke about this on Thursday. He said that you know he doesn't expect too much pain from just delaying it a little bit. I think it's quite a smart idea because you know you're going to have a lot of teams investing in bits and pieces, and if Haas thinks there's more performance in the car that it can get out of it uh, just through setup alone, um, that's a good place to be. And then when the other teams are perhaps winding down their updates and Haas can start bringing more than they can bring themselves back into play. So I think it's strategically, you know, it kind of, it makes sense. 
Pierre Gasly, again, had some great performances in the AlphaTauri uh, so far. Not always consistent. How's AlphaTauri in Barcelona? I don't think they've brought too much either, uh, to be honest. I didn't see too no. many headlines about um, them. Uh, but uh, today it was Pierre Gasly 11th and Yuki was in 14th it in free practice sounds, too. So off so, the yeah, it kind of sounds about where they are at the moment. Um, you know, they've really been punching above their weight in the last couple of seasons. I think they're still in good shape and they still fight for points every weekend, but it's not the, you know, last year we got accustomed to seeing Pierre Gasly in P6 in qualifying every week. Um, and we just don't don't mm. see that quite so much uh, at the moment. But, you know, uh, it, it is what it is. And anything of note from Alfa Romeo or the Williams? There have been quite a lot of bits from Alfa Romeo, actually. Um, and they've gone for a sort of split strategy with this, um, largely because you know, we know how good Valtteri Bottas is. Uh, he's probably getting all... Well, he's getting all of the, the updated car, and Wanyu uh, Joe is getting a few little bits and pieces. Um, let me just pull up the spreadsheet of the bits that they have because they have brought... I love that you have <laughs> a spreadsheet of bits. That's uh, brilliant, which is why we have you. They, they have brought quite a few uh, new bits and pieces, so uh, I have forgotten some of them. One of them certainly is on the front wing. Um, just scrolling down here. Yep. Thanks to the FIA documents, we we do get insight yes, into all so of so a new engine cover as well, but that's largely a reliability uh, point of view. Front suspension and floor as well, that's another big uh, area as well. A lot of teams are finally working out these floors and working out what makes them tick, really, because obviously it's been such a big change over the off-season. Um, and, you know, a lot of teams have come to Barcelona with brand new floors and uh, just trying to work those louvers under the floor harder generate more downforce generate more consistent downforce more efficient downforce that's kind of the 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 modus operandi if you like so there's a lot uh, a lot of teams looking in that area because that's where all the downforce is are you back on Autosports live over the weekend at any yep, time? I'll be on all weekend because there's no rest for the wicked. I was in Berlin last weekend and I'll be on this weekend. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, it's all, it's all in good yes. fun. Great. I saw someone challenge you to something pun related <laughs> earlier uh, on our internal chat and I forget what it was, but I hope you delivered. I mean, of it was the venerable Stuart Codling uh, making a pun because uh, obviously Yuri Vips has a very punderful name indeed. And uh, he did throw <laughs> me a, very, a bit of a softball, actually. I was expecting a little bit more from him. I know. He was off yeah, his game, wasn't unbelievable. he? Unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us uh, on for our Friday podcast. Uh, we're taking up far too much of your time uh, than I asked for. So thank you very much for that. Make sure you are, uh, if you are not subscribed already to the Autosport podcast, I'm sure you are, but if you're not, then make sure you subscribe. If you can ever leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on your device, or if you use iTunes, a little star rating and a few words goes a long way, helps other people find this show. We're very appreciative of that. We'll be back from the circuit tomorrow who have we got maybe matt q and luke smith i imagine uh, tomorrow tbc on that and join us sunday for the full review i'm away for a week on the holes from sunday so you'll get the delights of alex kalanokas back our former host two years ago uh pre-ariana and post ed straw so uh alex did that year so he's back in the hosting seats for sunday after barcelona have a good one and i will see you <laughs> 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner do in a week or so after my holiday. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text CLAY to 203203. Text CLAY to 203203 or go to bosley.com. That's bosley.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.